Did you know that Donkey Kong got its name because Miramoto, the creator, thought donkey meant stupid in English? You're listening to the Xbox Hub podcast, the official podcast of the XboxHub.com. For the latest Xbox news, reviews, videos, and opinions, make sure you visit the XboxHub.com. But for now, settle down, get comfy, and open your ears for some podcast delights. Hello, and welcome to the Xbox Hub official podcast, episode number 62. Happy New Year! We're in 2021. Uh, my name's Gareth Bridie. I'm going to be your host. And on my virtual left is Mr. Richard Dobson. How are you doing, Richard? Hi there. Happy New Year, everyone. Happy New Year. And on my virtual right is uh, Mr. William Caruana. I've said it wrong again. You know, I've been practicing this all day. William, what is your surname? Caruana. It's fine. Why can't I do it? It's like a blank. I've been literally practicing all day. Um... William, how are you? I, I'm doing all right, you know. Yeah, good. Now, let me explain to you, everyone. William's in Canada. Richard's in Yorkshire. And very similar places. And and we are doing this over the internet. So there's some slight kind of, at the moment, the internet is a bit kind of peak time. So if, if one of us cuts out, we'll carry on. Don't get too, you know. It's where we are because we're in lockdown season three here in the UK. Aren't we, Richard? Lockdown with a vengeance, that's the one. Yes. What's it what's happening in Canada, uh, William? Is it lockdown there? Are you what it is it is normal? What's, what's happening? It, it's a lockdown. Okay. Yeah, all but essential businesses are closed, the schools are closed, it's all it's, it's all lockdown here. It's all lockdown. So here we are in starting this kind of lockdown experience and uh it's been a mad day we're this is the 7th of january um and it's been a mad week on the news we've gone into lockdown but also we've had these kind of um in the us in washington the uh the riot and the kind of storming of of uh, uh capitol hill which happened last night so there's a lot going on in the world at the moment and it's quite quiet in the games world um, because it's the start of a new year, there's not much out yet. Um, but we're gonna we're gonna keep it light. We're gonna keep it light. We're gonna roll with the punches. Um, what kind of week have you had, Richard? Uh, well, I'm, I'm I'm had a time off between Christmas and New Year. Uh, now, as of Monday, I'm back at work, but obviously I'm still working from home. Um, obviously, New Year was a little bit different. So, my partner and I. We, we had the opportunity to join a, a, a Zoom call with all our friends, but the plan was to start at half seven and go on till after midnight. And I just thought, as much as I love all these guys, that isn't my idea of fun, sitting on a video call for mm. five or six hours. So we, we, we backed out and we, we decided to have a, a crap film night instead. Ah, what do you watch? We started with Deep Blue Sea. Right, good choice. Um, because Laura hadn't seen it, and I was trying to explain to her that Samuel L. Jackson is one of the best deaths in, in films. Yes. So we watched that, and then we watched a film called Donkey Punch, which oh, yeah. is an old, it's about 10, 15 years old now, and I remember it first coming out, and obviously the, the title and, 
the more that insinuates, I was like, oh, I bet this sounds like a right hoop. Uh, but it's not. It's a really, really intense, like, almost almost a horror film, I'd say. Uh, so, but I've completely forgotten what it was what it was like. So when we watched that, it was a bit too intense to maybe be watching on New Year's. Yeah, Eve, Happy right? New Year. Yeah. Um, and then we finished off with a choice purely based on the title on Amazon Prime, which was called Killer Sofa. Who's <laughs> <laughs> in the title with that one? What, what happens in Killer Sofa? <laughs> it's, it's, it's for a for a, like a really cheesy horror film, B movie like horror film. There's a lot of backstory, and it, it was tough to keep up with at times. And basically, um, this sofa gets possessed by the the dead the dead soul of, of someone from 200 years ago or something and this poor girl buys it from like a thrift store and uh, all her, watches all her close family around her die basically it sounds good how does a sofa do the killing <laughs> one of the deaths the guy's the, the guy's trying to cook something in the oven and this sofa sort of wheels its way behind him and then impales him <laughs> in one of its sprints before chucking him out a window and he doesn't hear the sofa coming up behind him no Wow. Amazing. Must have been well oiled. Yeah. Wow, I like that. Um I need to see this. You've got yeah, we all want to see this. This is uh, Amazon. Amazon. Um William, what about you? how's your week been? Oh, it's been alright, you know. Uh I suppose this counts the last two weeks, so I celebrate the new year, you know, I with family. Well, with my immediate family, I live with them. And uh, we had Christmas. I saw Wonder Woman 1984 with my dad on Christmas. It was passable. Passable? Oh, okay. But uh, I had a good time watching with him, which is what matters. And yeah, no, it's, it's, it, it's mostly been the games that I've been playing. So okay. we'll see more on that. Okay, brilliant. Um, I have been crying in the corner. No, I have been. Um, I got myself. I got myself the Disney Plus um, subscription for Christmas myself. I just bought that for myself, and so that's all we all we've been watching over Christmas. And my partner had never seen Bernadette. She'd never seen the Star Wars films, any of them. Really? Yeah. So we watched from the, we went. This is the order I did it in. And don't judge me. We did New Hope. Um, four, five, and six. Then we did the prequels, one, two, and three. Then we did um, Solo, then Rogue One, and then the last three, the most recent ones. And so we watched 11 films over a week and a half every night, and she's, she loves it. She's completely engrossed. She was crying by the end of the last one. Um, I was crying to have to watch some of those films again. That made me want to cry. <laughs> Some of them haven't aged well. <laughs> that's good though, because normally I feel like with anyone that's not seen Star Wars by now, if you then show it to them, they're like, mm, "I don't get what all, all, all mm. the fuss is about." I think that I think from sort of like I think for her for from Solo onwards, she it was much more easier, and I think that's probably to do with the filmmaking and the kind of reality and the kind of special effects really work well together still, hold up. I think yeah. if you look at kind of prequels, it, you know, but I think the prequels are aged more than the actual originals. 
regarding yeah. special effects oh, yeah. and the sort of design and look of it. So, um, yeah, it's really interesting. I, it's really good to watch it again. It was really good to watch um, Solo again, which I think is actually really, really good. <laughs> and I think it deserved more more praise, I think, because it was so troubled. It's a really good story and a really good look. It's dirty as well. I really like about that whole feel of it. Yeah. So that was good. I think the problem with Solo is it came out like five months after Last Jedi, mm. and that film really divided people. Yeah. I, I'm personally not a fan in the slightest of Last Jedi. Right. And so there's sort of this eroded trust and fatigue going into Solo, mm. and now after Mandalorian did a lot of the same things that Solo did first, people are starting to go back to it and go, oh, this was actually pretty good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Good. yeah. And he's good. He's really good at it. He's really good at doing yeah. that thing, yeah. yeah. it's Yeah. And the other thing I'm just going to mention to watch, I'm watching on the Disney Channel, I've watched um, a Pixar movie called Soul. S-O-U-L. Um, that, yes. Have you seen it, William? No, I, I need to see it. It's up there with Queen's Gambit and the uh, Mank, which are ones that I just mm. need to sit there and see, finally. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's really great. It's great. And I haven't seen a Pixar movie for ages. And it's a really beautiful bit of visual storytelling. Really clever, stunning, as you expect from the Pixar thing, and really life-affirming. So if you get a chance, watch Soul. Um, right, let's go now. At the... At the the last thing before we we stop for the Christmas break, we did have to do an alternative um, <laughs> awards for the year because our official Xbox Hub Games of the Year wasn't quite ready yet. So, but that went that went well. People seem to like that. Um, so, yeah, I, I listened in. It was a ton yeah, of fun. Yeah, um, but now we've got the list, so we're going to say goodbye finally to 2020. Was it just a little go through our list of the Xbox Hubs Games of the Year 2020? So this is is this fair to say? This is from all the people who work on the Xbox Hub or the reviewers, and we all get together and we put down our list of the of the of our top ten um, main games, we top, top ten indie games, and then someone. <laughs> Neil Richard, someone puts together the, the final list. Is that fair to say? Yeah. Yeah, good. So we've got... That sounds right. So this is this is a kind of like our overall region. And it's only Xbox. So there's no PlayStation here or Switch or any PC games. It's only Xbox games that come out on the Xbox. And not exclusives. Um, so the I'm going to go down. Shall I just go down the list and then we can talk about it? Is that good? Is that good? That's a good plan, isn't it? I really should have put... If I was a good editor, I should put some sort of like chart music on the top of this, counting down. Um, But I'm not. I'm lazy. So, (laughs) um, number 10 is uh, Tetris Effect Connected. Number 9, Wasteland 3. Number 8, Cyberpunk 2077. I don't know why I'm laughing there. Number 6, Journey to the Savage Planet. Number 5... Coming in at Tell Me Why. And number four, Coffee Talk. Number three. The number out, Gary. Oh, no. <laughs> See, I've met this stuff already. What number was Coffee Talk? Uh, Coffee Talk was five. This is my audition for the, uh, the Radio 1 job as well. <laughs> it's gone wrong. Uh, number five, Coffee Talk. Number four, Zombie Army 4, Dead War. 
Number three, Yakuza, like a dragon. Number two, Gears Tactics coming on strong. And number one, Ori and the Will of the Wisps. There we go. It was a shaky start, but I think we got there in the end. Um, Gentlemen, what do we think? Um, William, happy with that list? Do you think it's some good stuff in there? I can tell you almost immediately, I reviewed both Ori and Gears Tactics, the original PC version, not the uh, Xbox version for the Xbox Hub. I gave them both a 10. I could not agree more with our top two choices. All right. Richard, what about you? You wrote this Yeah, up. pleased with the list. Yeah. Um, uh, my personal favourite coffee talk was in there, which is good to see. And then obviously Yakuza. Uh, only briefly played Gears Tactics, but I really, really wanted to play a bit more of it because of what I did play, I've been really enjoyed. Um, and it, but it, it just shows that because when I was compiling this list, I was surprised by how many of them have launched straight into Game Pass. I think five of the list are, were straight into Game Pass on release. And obviously the top two were Xbox-owned franchises as well. So yeah. I think it's shaping up nicely for 2021 for Microsoft anyway. Yeah, okay. I'm just going to say one word. Assassin's Creed Valhalla, not on the list. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. Um, silence from you two. <laughs> Honestly, I think the biggest issue with Assassin's Creed is it came out. You know, I haven't played it yet. No, no, that's the reason. So busy between Cyberpunk and uh, the console launches, Miles Morales. You know, I I think that's I think it's exactly that. none of the reviewers I think have played it yet, apart from me who read it. I think it's yeah. not started. Um, good though. Sorry, and I said for Immortals Phoenix Rising as well which came out the week before Cyberpunk and since I've been playing that so much that's definitely in my top five games of last oh, year but I've okay. just not had time to include it in the original yeah. Should we do the indie list? The indie game of the year see if I can get this right. oh this one's got numbers on it this time thank you Ah, <laughs> oh, right good um, coming in at number 10 is Superliminal Superliminal I can never say that um, number 9 Fogs um, which is the kind of like co-op dog control thing. Uh, number eight, Nexamon Extinction. Number seven, Crosscode. Number six, Spirit Fairer. Number five, Kentucky Route Zero. Number four, Golf with Your Friends. Number three, back again, Coffee Talk. <laughs> number two, Hot Shot Racing. How did that get in there? Number one. <laughs> Zombie Army 4, Dead War. <laughs> um, Richard, what do you think there? I think, yeah. It's a, it's a very varied list. It is, isn't it? Uh, I think it's, the problem with indie games is, is well, it's any, any game of the year list. is basically who's played it more, who's, how many people have played it. So I think that's why the likes of Golf With Your Friends is so high up, because... We've all played it collectively. Yeah. yeah. And it's a great yeah. fun game to play. Yeah, it's an extra great. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, William, what about you? What's missing from there for you? Anything? Sinker. 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 Yeah. Yes. You could have uh, a. Uh, oh, sorry. Say that again, William. Sorry. Yeah, Sinker. It should have been up there. 
That said, golf with your friends, hot shot racing, I can't disagree with either of those. I love those. It's shown me there's a lot I need to play. I've never touched the zombie army game. Clearly, I need to start touching one. Yeah. That came out wrong. <laughs> <laughs> That's what got us in trouble in the first time with those zombies touching them. Don't touch them. Um, Kentucky Route Zero is in there, which is a good one. I love that game. Um, Mosaic could have been in there for me. That's a great game that came out in January. Um, but like you said, it's the same problem. None of us, we all review these when none of us generally Spirit Fair is in there, which is great. It's an amazing kind of indie game. Um, the Last Campfire is another shout there for people. Who got, we talked about these last week. I don't know why I'm doing it before Christmas. But that's good. It's a good shout. So that's it. That's done. That's 2020 finished, thrown in the corner. Um, we, don't want to, we don't want to talk about it again, do we? No. Nope. Bye no. 2020. Bye bye 2020. Um, but now it's 2021. Um, so what have we been playing in this this new year? What new games have we been starting our year with? Um, Richard, what have we been starting with? Well, I've mentioned it before. I'm still plowing through Immortals. Um, having an absolute blast with that. There's, I think I'm about three quarters of the way through it now. Uh, and rumours are that in two weeks' time, the the first DLC is coming out for that as well, so I should have it finished just in time for that, and I can just keep playing more and more of it because I really, really don't want to put that down for the time being. I've heard they're really doing some really strange stuff with the DLC, really playing with how the game is, you know, the actual physics of the game and stuff. Yeah, so it's, there's, there's three DLC packs coming out. One's an extension. I think the first one coming out is an extension of the, the main story. Um, and, I, and then the other two, one's sort of this, a similar setup, but set in a in Chinese mythology instead of Greek mythology, with a different character and, and a new world to explore. And then the third one, I think it's a new hero again, but it's sort of doing the top-down setting and, and sort of changing mm. it up into a dungeon crawler sort of thing. Mm. I like that. Yeah, I'm, something a bit different because, I mean, with that, with every Ubisoft game, you are going to get a gold edition and an ultimate edition, yeah. um, but it tends to be just more of the same same stuff from the main game. Some would argue cut content a lot of the time, but these DLC packs feel like actual editions, so I'm interested to see what they do with them. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds good. So you're really enjoying it. So I bought it over Christmas, but I haven't played it because I'm still doing the big games, finishing all the big games off that I was... Yeah. I mean, I've got a long list of stuff I want to play this year, but at the moment, that's the only one I'm interested in. Okay. I've done so many open-world games in the last two months. I'm like, it's, it's, it's hard. It's a commitment, isn't it? It's, oh <laughs> it's not a massive one, more, thankfully. That's good. Um, what have you been playing with so I play. I started and finished up Ghost of Tsushima. Oh, what I you... was. I got this for Christmas, and I was completely engrossed in it from start to finish. Right. Once I got used to the camera and how it works, it was absolutely brilliant. I think they nailed the combat. They nailed the exploration. They nailed the visuals. I think this is one of the finest games Sony's first party has ever made, and I just I loved it. I loved it. Loved it. It's been a really interesting one, isn't it? With Ghost, because I I got Ghost in August when it came out, 
and it's the critics haven't been fantastic it hasn't been critically acclaimed but the people who've bought it and the fans of it, it everyone seems to have loved it is that fair to say I mean, it yeah, won. that's right. It got like an 82 on Metacritic. So when I was just looking at the Game Award nominations, I'm like, what's this doing up here? You know, why is this up here over Ori, over Dreams, over mm. uh, Crusader Kings, Flight Sim, whatever? Then I played it and I went, okay, I still want to see Ori nominated, but I get why this is up here. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's, it's just brilliant. And it, like we said, it's a lovely looking game, isn't it? I mean, it's certain, the the environments are amazing and the and the lighting. Oh yeah, for sure. And it's running sixty frames per second on the PS5, which is just the icing on the on the cake. It's so smooth. It looks great. It runs great. Yeah, yeah. Good. Oh, I'm glad you played that. You should play it, Richard. You still play it on the PS4? Yes, I can do. Pick it up. You're not going to do it, are you? I know you're not going to do it. Done that one. Um, I've been playing. Let's talk about the let's talk about the main game first. When we go to one of the indie games, the first of the year. I've been playing a game. I've been playing. I've finished Miles Morales, which isn't a great feat because it's only about seven hours long, isn't it? Um, I I'd be in four and a half. I was rushing. There we go. I've sort of been doing it over a little period of time, and I. I, I, I really enjoyed it. I mean, it's the same as before, but I love the storytelling. I love the environments again. Um, yeah. It's, um, I like the, there's a great thing in it when you're, you've got an app by your friend and you can, that's how you pick up side missions. <laughs> going yes, the app. Love... Sorry, William, say it again. Yeah, I love how they did the app instead of uh, just side missions distracting you while you exploring the world like they did in the first I, yeah. I thought that was very well done yeah it's really nice um, yeah, it's, 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 if you've got a PS5 it's it's really worth getting it's, it's it's a great addition to the kind of like Spider-Man family and it's a completely new story and with a you know really well told story and really interesting and it's just great just flying around that city at Christmas and playing it over Christmas was fantastic you felt very Christmassy just going around in snow-filled New York and seeing the little lights. There's little moments you kind of walk around um, the kind of markets or you do, and I just really like just exploring that kind of world. Yeah, it's good. Finish that, thank God. Um, what about you, Richard? What's your, what else have you been playing? I have been re- reviewing hmm. uh, PBA Balling 21. Yeah. Which is a a 10 pin balling game. Right. <laughs> Good. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's, I feel like bowling has always been resigned to mini games in, in bigger games. Yeah. And I feel like after playing this, I can understand why that is. It's yeah. just, obviously, it's, I mean, you could argue the same with any sports game, innit? Like, it's just the same thing over and over again, but, but this feels really. I think they could have done a lot more with it. Right. So you're playing through a main career mode, um, and at the moment, I don't know whether this changes as you get along further along because I've not played enough of it to know for definite. But um, when you start off, you're playing in like local leagues, um, 
but it's only ever you. You're not facing like a competitor or anything. It's just you doing your 10 frames and then seeing where you, you stack up against other competitors. And I feel like it misses that competitive element then because you, you could be anywhere and with a, you're not against anyone. I mean, there's a crowd there, but they're cheering you on, but you're not, you're not against anyone and, and I miss that aspect of it. Okay. So how does it work then? You just well, you just you just play your kind of like your frames. Yeah, there's there's two setups. You can have simulation or arcade setup. Simulation, obviously, you can uh, affect the, the the curve of the ball once it's left your hand. But in arcade mode, you can do all that. And then for some reason, despite it being this officially licensed bowling game, in arcade mode, there's there's three different balls. There's like a bomb ball that you can just throw and it'll guarantee a strike and stuff like that. Um, and you can use them pretty often as well. Right. Negates any real competitive element to it. And it's also got microtransactions. I'm, yeah. I'm really struggling to understand why it has. Cause... Mm, microtransactions and PBA bowling 21? <laughs> yeah. That's and they go up to about thing. 80 quid. Wow. What do you buy? Would, would I buy this game? No, what, what would you buy? What do you buy with the microtransitions? Um, you can buy anything that you can unlock in the game. So I, I assume it's it's based on... There's, there's real-world pros in this game. So if you were a fan of bowling, I assume you, you might want to unlock your favourite pro quicker. So you could buy a microtransaction for some gold pins to then buy a player. Can but, you can you get um, any of the big Lebrowski players in there, like Jesus? Yeah. Missing that and, and Kingpin as well. None of those people are in it. <laughs> oh, damn. Oh, I can love Kingpin. <laughs> oh. Yeah, so missing, missing a bit of a trick there. So five, I, five stars? Um, I need to play it more to see if there is an actual 1v1 element to it. Otherwise, I'm really going to struggle to give it a positive review. Right, okay. Um, it's a good all of a game, man. Eh? <laughs> William, what else, have, what else have you been playing? Uh, so I have also been playing the Final Fantasy VII remake. I got this on a pretty wicked sale at one of the local stores. You know, they have curbside there. And it's good. I think the combat's interesting. It's sort of halfway between... Uh, tone-based and action, I think the best comparison would be something like Knights of the Old Republic, but a bit faster. I I really enjoy the characters and story of this. The pacing and the padding and the needless side quests, not so much, but I'm, I'm having a pretty decent time with it. Oh, good. And as well, I think it's important to say I... Uh, I'm not huge on JRPGs with the exception of Rune Factory and Fire Emblem, if you count that, and Shimagami Tensei. So automatically there was a pretty big hurdle for this one to overcome, and it has mostly overcome it. So, yeah. No, I, I think if you like the original, you'll really like this. Yeah. Good. Um, the final game um, I've been playing, this is out. I think it's out next week. Called it's a game called an indie game called Down in Bermuda, and Down in Bermuda is by 
a, a development company. I reviewed a game called Agent A last year, which was a kind of like spy, sort of 60s spy game, but it was, it was basically a puzzler. And you basically get a screen and you're looking at the screen and you're solving out like a point and click, um, solving out the puzzles by touching buttons on the screen or opening kind of secret compartments. And this game is set on a deserted island and you're this old man has crashed there and you're trying to escape. And basically it's quite kiddie. Um, you're, you're presented with a kind of map and then you can scroll around the map and you can touch on things and you have to get like five orbs then to get off the island onto another island. And But what you're doing is you're, you might press on a bit of the ground and a machine suddenly appears then you can press a button on that machine and twist it around and then it turns into something else that you can then it might turn into like a, a pipe puzzle for you to solve um, so the game I think first came out for the uh, touchscreen so it's like a mobile phone or an iPad or a tablet game and it's been a it's been ported to the Xbox um, after the success of Agent A and you can really tell it's a you know it'd be perfect absolutely perfect on the uh, on the uh, iPad or the of the of the screen but um, and it works here it took me a while to get the camera how to work the camera without just scrolling across and getting to where you want it's all there but and I really enjoy it the the puzzles are great but it, you know would I prefer to play it on the iPad? Probably. So there you go. Um, down for Unity. But it's good. It's good. Nice little first. Good to got some nice little indie game to start with. Um, right. Let's go on to news. Let's move on. Um, now there isn't much news at the moment. It's, we're just sort of like beginning the year. Um, there's one thing that I was interested in. The first delay of the gaming world has come out. Um, Outriders being delayed to April. And this was this was coming out in February, I think the the first week of Feb, wasn't it? Yeah, but that was a delay from yeah back end of last year, I think as well. Oh, right. Yeah, a holiday. Wow. Okay. I think uh, I will. Sorry. Go on, William. What are you gonna say? Uh, I will say this. I I have tested out Outriders. I am under a strict non-disclosure agreement. But I have tested out Outriders. Uh, the delay to April means it's just in time for my birthday, so I'm very, very happy about that. <laughs> and do not read anything into that at all. Hmm. Okay. Okay. Um, I didn't really know anything about this game at all until I was starting to look through what for the year. And it's Is by. It... Sorry, Richard. What did you say? Sorry, no, I was going to ask that question. Is it by people can fly? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So that's our first day, but I think we're probably going to be having many delays over the over the over the year, probably with COVID still. We're going to see. Oh yeah, and yeah. Cyberpunk as well has basically shown that investors are starting to realize it's better to delay a game than to rush it out. Mm. So people can fly just publicly listed on the Warsaw stock market for the first time ever. And so they've got a lot riding on this game, so I think they really want it to be perfect out of the gate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, another thing that caught my eye was um, looking at the this Xbox survey 
asking players of the Series X and the Series S um, about if they want the, some of the stuff that the PS5 DualSense controller, if they want that on the Series X. Did you see this, you two, Richard? Yeah, and um, I didn't get the survey, but my answer would be yes, 100%. Okay. I mean, it's interesting I, that they're, they're looking at it going, okay, let's see if we can do this as well. <laughs> yeah, because I think I read somewhere was for the launch of the Xbox One, um, Microsoft looked at a n- numerous ways to innovate the controller, and including a, a scent, a sense of smell coming from it. Okay. Uh, yeah, and ultimately nothing worked. Uh, so they went quite plain with it, and it's the same with the the Series X one, with the exception of a new button. Um, but all, all I'm hearing is good stuff about the uh, the triggers on the PS5 controller and the haptic feedback. So yeah, and well, also the screen. I think the touchscreen on the PlayStation controller makes type typing, for example, so much easier. Mm. Oh yeah, sure. Mm. Yeah. No, it's a really the controller's great. It's it's very comfy as well, but it does the battery goes really quickly. <laughs> I'm always charging yes. it. Yeah. And I've got one Real. of those leads that's not long enough to wear my sofa, so I need to get a new lead. Move the sofa. I can't be that close to the TV, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> um, William, what were you going to say? Sorry about this. Oh, uh, I think the jury is still out on DualSense. I think it's a fantastic controller. I love the features and how they were implemented in Astro. Now, whether they continue to be supported or if support falls off a cliff is another matter. So uh, if I were Xbox, I would wait a couple of years. Mm. But, you know, this isn't unprecedented. In the PS3 era, there was the six-axis controller that launched with the system, and people did not take to that at all. And, and so what they did was they released the DualShock 3 with Rumble, and they made Rumble pretty standard across the system. So it could be a similar situation where the Series X controller is a great controller. It's also virtually identical to the Xbox One controller. So it could be a situation of people are sitting back on, this is boring, and thus they release a new model that will start to ship with the newer models of the Series X and Series S and uh, will be sort of the default controller going forward. So I could see that happening. Yeah. yeah. Um, another bit of news. We saw um, the Wasteland developers in XR appeared to be making, strangely enough, another FPS, an FPS RPG. Um, we had Wasteland 3 as one of our top 10 games of 2020. Um, you, you, yes. you, you, who's a big Wasteland fan here? And in the XR fan, anyone here? I am not a huge Wasteland fan, but I am a fan of In Exile. In particular, their work on the Bird's Tale ARPG I thought was just mm. brilliant. Mm. And so with this one, this is their first AAA game since uh, Hunted the Demon's Forge all the way back in the day. And they are going massive for this. So they they make. Now, this article is a bit deceptive. They aren't just making an FPS RPG. They're also making an action RPG. So the action of the game is 
being done by the combat designer of the God of War reboot. Oh, wow. And, and they're hiring for someone to handle the first-person shooting mechanics as well. They're going massive, from what I'm hearing on the forums. Oh, uh, nice. We said they were killer. This That's is exciting. Yeah. We look at the 2024 release for this. It's going to be steampunk, based off what the directors and art designers seem to be putting a lot of research and time into. And supposedly this has one of the biggest budgets for an Xbox game ever. Because in Exile, it's a great studio, Brian Fargo, tons of talent from Black Isle, but it never really grew to the level that Obsidian did. And so they are investing a ton to make this the next Obsidian. Investing a ton to make Obsidian the next Bethesda, and I guess investing in Bethesda now to make them the next Rockstar. Yeah, yeah. Just massive. If you look at what the RPGs or the Western RPG capabilities and first-person shooting capabilities of Xbox are going, and I think Bill Spencer said this, it's it's nuts. Like, Xbox will lead to the Western RPG and the first-person shooter what PlayStation is to the third-person adventure game. It's, it's going to be crazy. And when do you say, William? 2024? That is what I've been hearing on the forums. Yeah. Now... This person is verified by the forums, but for all we know, they could just be trolling us. But 2024 is what I'm hearing. We might get our vaccinations by then. <laughs> so that would oh, be yeah. good. Um, I'll put some the layers. <laughs> yeah. Um, Richard, you've got a, little, a bit of news you've, you found that's quite current. Talk us yeah, through this. A little, a little thing I saw about um, everything going on at Capitol Hill yesterday. Um, the guy that inspired the the PogChamp emote on Twitch. Um, what's that? Well, that is better than I will. Right. Um, well, obviously, in, in Twitch chat, people can put um, emotes, and I believe this is one of the most widely used emotes in Twitch. Uh, but the guy that, that is behind it was um, inciting further unrest, civil unrest, in um, the Capitol Hill today, after what had happened yesterday. So as a result, uh, Twitch quickly removed that emote, um, which, which I was surprised at the speed that they'd done that, because from hearing on, on, on other stuff, Twitch are historically pretty slow on updating that, yeah. that kind of stuff and removing controversial images and, and videos, but yeah, they, they removed that almost instantly after that tweet was out. Um, I think they, they've said that... I am, I'm getting into unknown territory here now, talking about what words are used on Twitch, but Pog. They want the sentiment of Pog to live on, but they're not using that emote anymore. Right. Has anyone ever mentioned it in, in chat to you whilst you're streaming? Then? No. Normally the people just say, get off. What are you doing? Why are you wasting my time? They always spell that out. <laughs> no. Wow. That's interesting. Um, right, good. Let's move, let's move into more hopeful territory. We're going we're to we're have three. We're going to talk about 2021. What, we're going to have three games that we're looking forward to. Um, and there's... there's there's, there's quite a bit coming out. I mean, we don't know dates yet properly. We know dates up to maybe March. 
Um, and that's only in some of the bigger games. Um, but there'll be put indie games kind of fitting into that. Um, but after that, it gets a bit more blurry. Um, but let's have one each, first of all, of, you know, what do we think we're looking forward to in 2021? Uh, William, what's your first one? Honestly, yeah. I was looking forward to this in 2020. Now I'm looking forward to it in 2021. It's time to see Halo Infinite. You know, that first showing wasn't great in terms of visuals, but in terms of gameplay, that showed me everything I want to see in a Halo game. And they've got Joe Staden on board. They've gone an extra year for a game which is supposedly content complete just to polish it and make it as good as possible. You know, I think it's time for Halo. I miss Halo. I want Halo. And when do you think it will come out? Uh, I am suspecting November 16th. Because November 15th, which is a Monday, is the 20th anniversary of Halo. So what I think we're going to do is do a very late launch on Game Pass that night and a retail release on the day after. Because most games are released on Tuesday or Thursday. Thursday these days, so that's what I'm thinking. Okay, November 16th. Hold me to it. Lock it in here. We're gonna lock it. Definitely, I'm gonna hold you in there because I normally get everything wrong. So thank God it's not me. Um, <laughs> it, tell, can I ask you this? And we've talked about this before. Um, one of the big problems with Cyberpunk was um, on its release, it just didn't work on the PS4 or the Xbox One and Xbox yes. One. The rumors were that Halo had the same problem. Halo and Infinite, one it didn't release, it didn't work on those. It didn't work on the old X Forces um, well enough. And will do you think next November will they go back on it and just release it on the Series X, or will they? Would there be a version? Would it be an identical version on the Xbox One? It will not be identical. Just saying this right here. It. I fully suspect if it's coming out on on Xbox One, it's going to have some problems. It's probably going to run at 720p, 30 frames per second, but it's going to be playable. You know, mm-hmm. I think if they release it, it will be good enough. Like Miles Morales on PS4 is good enough. It's not great, but it's good enough. So I think if it they will not launch it in the condition that Cyberpunk was launched in. That was unacceptable. We were talking at point single-digit frame rates. Mm. So I do not see that happening. I think worst-case scenario, worst-case scenario, they do it natively that you can stream the game over xCloud the way that on the Switch right now you can get Control and Hitman 3 coming up played over cloud. I don't see them going back on their promise. That said, they have gone back on their promises for Everwild and uh, Flight Sim, yeah. which I think is totally reasonable. Yeah. Everwild is, has been delayed a bit. They need more time. So by the time that one's coming out, the Xbox One's going to be old news. And Flight Sim, my mid-range PC struggles to win that. <laughs> and my mid-range PC with an RTX 2060 Max-Q and a Ryzen processor. I cannot imagine what that thing runs like on Xbox One. Yeah. It's going to be a nightmare. A <laughs> nightmare. So, right call there, 100%. It would just be you and customs, just in duty-free yeah. shopping. <laughs> yeah. 
it'll, it'll just be a port of uh, Microsoft Flight Simulator X from 2005. <laughs> yeah, they'll just put the new, yeah, the new. Or just a, just at the passport control. Just not just like don't let you go through. Yeah. <laughs> um. Good. That's a good one. I think I'm looking forward to Halo. I mean, it'd be great to have Halo back then. Um, Richard, what have you got? Um, I will take then God of War 2 or God of War Ragnarok. Mm. Um, which I heard today might be cross-gen, staying on the subject of cross-gen. Uh, Rumours are circulating that, that God of War Ragnarok is going to be playable on PS4 and PS5. Yeah, uh, which we'll see. But I think if it if it, if that is the case, it'll suffer the same fate as what you've just been describing. Mm. Uh, so the last one, twenty eighteen, uh, the the reboot of God of War, uh, which took it from what, Greek. Yeah, yeah, took it from yeah. the Greek mythology and put and put a. Uh, Kratos in, into Norse North mythology. Um, but yeah, what a, what a game that was. What a game, yeah. yeah. Just, uh, as, as you mentioned before, with the, the combat and the, the exploration was just... It really, really sucked me into that game. And, and I must have binged it in, in, a, in a week or two. I've still not got the platinum on it yet, but I... Yeah, keep meaning to go back to that. I think I'm thinking about doing it again because I can get it on the PS5 for free again. So I'm thinking about doing it again. I need to play it. I just downloaded it on the PS5. Ah. Uh, I think the thing for me is I never really got into the original God of War games, but I think this one is very, very different. Yeah, you know, less quick time events, more, more of a Ninja Theory type hack and slash. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, you'll love it. You'll have a great time with it. Yeah, I, I never played the original ones either, and I absolutely love the, this 2018 one. Yeah. Oh, good chance. So we, 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 is it definitely coming out next year? At the moment, we didn't think it's coming out next year. This year, I mean. Say, when, when, they, when they showed the, uh, the, the thing we're saying Ragnarok is coming, did say 2021, but... Yeah. That's no, I mean, the plan. I mean, no one's seen anything about it, but... No, no screenshots or anything, but yeah. It was just a five-second black screen yeah. and then Ragnarok's coming. Okay, good. Um, it's me, isn't it? Let me do... Which one should I do? Oh, I've got the same one as you. Oh, well, I'm going to do this one first because it's very soon. Um, the Medium, which is out uh, this month um, on the Xbox Series X and only and PC. And it's by the studio that brought us Layers of Fear... And Blair Witch. Did they do Blair Observer. Witch? Say that again. Observer. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, Observer. And Redux now. Um, and the, it, there's a kind of final preview trailer there. It just, I'm just, I really, I love the Layers of Fear games. I'm a big fan of those, and I really like that studio. And I'm really looking forward to this to see a game that is just purely for the Xbox Series X as well, and it's on Game Pass. So if we've got Game Pass, you'll get it for free. And I think it's January the 20th, around that time. No, I think that's when Hitman comes out. I think it's the 27th. 27th. Okay. No, something like that. Um, Let me pull it up. Uh, it looks good. You're excited about this, aren't you, William, as well? 
Oh, yes. Uh, 28. Yeah, 28. I am so excited for this one. I think, you know, this is our first real massive Series X only exclusive, I think. The gimmick looks great. The developers are stupidly talented. But I think for them, they are on the cusp of greatness. You know, I think they make fantastic games, but they've never had a true breakout hit. And I think this will be that game. I think it looks so unique, so different, and yet so familiar. You know, it's drawing off of older Silent Hill and Resident Evil, but it's doing it in a new and fresh way. Mm. And I just cannot wait to play this game. Well, we'll we'll find out very soon. Good. Um, That's who's who's next. Let's go to Richard now. Richard, you can do your second one. I'm going to go to William after. Uh, I want tech. Oh no, I'm looking at the wrong one. Sorry. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, my second one is is a game called Eastward, which hasn't been confirmed as coming out this year, but oh, hopefully it is this year because it's been been kicking around for a few years now. So this is coming to Steam and Nintendo Switch, and for anyone that's played um, CrossCode, it came out on the Xbox last year. Been on on PC a few years, I think, and uh, Orange Blood. It's a sort of similar look and feel to it, I believe. Um, really pixel art style, um, top-down perspective, reminiscent of older JRPGs from the early 90s. But every time I watch the trailer, it just blows me away <laughs> how pretty it looks because the, the pixel art is some of the best that I've seen. Um and I'm not even, I'm, I don't know whether it's a full RPG or more of an, an an action RPG. They've not really gone into that much detail, but it's one of the main reasons I bought a Switch. When it, when I first saw this, I was like, I'm not going to be able to play it on Steam, so I'll get I'll get a Switch. Mm. Um, that was, it was about two years ago that I first saw it, and I think it's been around for longer than that. But yeah, I'm hoping that this comes out this year. Rumors are, rumors are pointing towards it finally coming out, and I'm just really looking forward to playing that. Good. Um, great. Um, William, what's your next one? My next one is Horizon Forbidden West. Uh-huh. I played the first Horizon game, Horizon Zero Dawn, last year on my PS5, and I was just blown away by how good it was. You know, I thought it was... Aloy is a fantastic character. I thought the combat was great, the world was good, the story was fantastic. Same writer as Fallout New Vegas, and he wrote this one as well. Uh, that said, I also felt similarly towards it that I, that I did towards Uncharted 1. I think all the bones are here for a 10 of 10 fantastic game of the year sweeping game. And I think Forbidden West can be to the first Horizon what Among Thieves was to Drake's fortune. You know, I think if they go deeper into the role-playing elements, if they give more choice and consequence, more skill checks, more uh, a deeper skill uh, system, and combine it with their already fantastic world design, combat, story, and characters, like, this could be just phenomenal. Mm. And, you know, the first one was such a step out of the comfort zone for Gorilla because they were the Killzone developers, they were making first-person shooters. So I think now that they're sort of in the 
in the flow of it, they've got one under their belt. Forbidden West could be could take us all by surprise. It should be fantastic. Yeah, it does look really exciting. And I think that's on PS4 and PS5 as well, isn't it? I think it's... Yeah, this cross-gen. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it does. It, it's, it's, I really like the first one, and I'm really excited. Um, my next one is going to be... Oh, I'm going to go for 12 minutes. I'm going to have an indie game in there. And 12 minutes is the is coming out on Game Pass. Um, I think it would definitely be this year. I think it might be even sooner than we think it's going to be. And it's a game that we've seen a lot more. That you, it's a top-down version of a room in a, an apartment, and you're replaying the, the the first 12 minutes. We talked about it before on the podcast. It it was uh, it was it was voiced by some actors that were doing a fine job, but they've got big stars doing the voiceover style. William Dafoe, I think it's two others, I can't remember. Um, but it does look really interesting. And I've always liked the look of it, so I think I'm going to go for that for my second one. What's your last one, Richard? My last one is, one comes out next week, I believe, uh, Hitman 3. Mm. But um, I think I'm going to take the, this, the new Hitman series as a whole because I'm going to be getting it on the PS4 uh, simply because then I can play it all three in uh, VR, which I just think's going to be something really special. Um, I played the original Hitman, well, not the original Hitman, this rebooted Hitman on the Xbox One, and I thought the worlds they created were amazing. That that Paris level is perhaps one of my most enjoyable levels in a, in all of gaming. So the fact that I'm getting to explore these these worlds now. In uh, VR, I think it's going to be it's going to be unusual because you're playing obviously as a hitman, <laughs> which I'm really? not real life. Obviously, have so. you seen the trailer for it today, Richard? For the the VR, um... the, a new trailer today. Yeah, no. Have a look at that trailer first. <laughs> have a think. That's right. what I'm saying. <laughs> Everyone, have a look at the trailer. Have a think. <laughs> I mean. It's interesting. Yeah, it doesn't and look the same, of course, because no. it hasn't got the same thing, and it could be quite funny. Um, looks a bit. The arms look a bit weird, but I'm not even sure I want to necessarily be a hitman. I just want to walk around these worlds. <laughs> well, I think you can do that. Um, I just imagine you just being in a cupboard for four hours waiting for someone to come into a room. Yeah, <laughs> in the darkness, just a little slot looking through, or just waiting. Like to be to undress and dress myself as well that'd be weird five four hours <laughs> you trying to get the buttons ready uh yeah i think it's going to be fun yes and unusual i think yeah um good um william what's your last one i can't wait for hitman it's gonna be so good but another game i can't wait for psychonauts 2 I think it's going to be fantastic. You know, the, Tim Schafer is one of the most creative minds out there. And the first Psychonauts is a genuine masterpiece. Like, 10 out of 10, perfect game, except for Meat Circus. I hate Meat Circus, that final level. But other than that, <laughs> I love the original game. And this looks every bit as good. And what excites me as well is they've delayed it an extra year and have gotten a significant investment from Microsoft to do this right. You know, they crowdfunded it. They had strawberries on board, I believe. 
And Tim Schafer is on the record going out there saying, you know, I really wanted to make this game, but I had to cut a bunch of things. I had to cut boss fights. I had to cut levels. I had to cut cutscenes. And all of these are being added back into the game. So I think I think it's going to be worth the wait. I, I, I cannot wait for that one. And Game Pass Day 1. So. Yeah, absolutely. What's Great. Um, my last one's going to be uh, a game that might not come out next year, might not come out for two years, but I'm hoping. And it's Starfield, which is the Bethesda yes. uh, um, game, which I think is going to come out before Elder Scrolls. Um, and I'm just, from what I'm hearing about, I don't know much about it. I'm sold straight away. It's going to be on Game Pass because of the buyout. It's going to be, be exclusive. Yeah. And I think um, that could be something that could be announced in May and then we could get it for the autumn. But that's all I'm going to say. I'm just hoping. And to think about us hoping about what for 2021, what would you like to see being announced? A wish list. You just one each, I think. Uh, Richard, what would your be announced and your dream announcement? My uh, dream announcement would be to know that the sequel to the Final Fantasy VII remake isn't too far away. Because it was a long period between that first getting announced and it actually releasing last year. Mm. Um, and I just, yeah, I think you're going to lose all momentum having to wait that long again. So, yeah, some play, maybe not next year, but early early 2022, I think, would be good to know that it's not going to be as long away as before. Yeah, good shout. Um, William? Yeah. I. It's time to see what Compulsion is doing. You know, they are a wild code studio for Microsoft. We know what Playground's doing now with Fable. We know what Obsidian's doing with Avowed. In Exile just released Wasteland, and we mm. talked about their new game. Initiative's doing Proof of Dark. Uh, Compulsion, like Bluebird Team, is one of those teams that is on the cusp of greatness. We Happy Few has a ton of great ideas and mechanics, as well as some jank and a bunch of technical issues, which I think it was just a case where their scope exceeded their budget and time. The DLC, the DLC yeah. for We Happy Few is better than the main game. All three DLC packages yeah. are brilliant. Yeah. And the DLC was funded by Microsoft, mm. which I think says it right there. They now have the money, they now have the resources, they now have the time, and I think it's time to see what they're doing. Mm. We know it's a third-person game, we know it's taking influence from Bioshock and Uncharted, but that's all we know. And now it's time to see what that looks like. And I think... With the creativity is there. I think they are tied with Double Fine and Arcane for the most creative studios Microsoft owns. Now it's time to see that put into motion, and I cannot wait to see what they do. Great. Good. I'm going to have one thing. I'm going to say the words. GTA 6 announced. Yeah. That's That would be, that'd be <laughs> very good. That's all I'm going to say. So it's right there. Yeah. Um, what are we looking forward to next week? Um, Richard, what are you looking forward to doing? Uh, I said Hitman. Um, yeah. Playing that in VR, but also One Division. I think it's coming out at the right time. For, yeah. For us. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. That's interesting. Um, William? Uh, I have to start classes next week, so I'll be a bit busier again. But I'm hoping to start The Last of Us Part 2. Oh. Uh, the goal right now is to beat uh, Final Fantasy VII before I get back to class. And then The Last of Us is the sort of 
easygoing isn't the right word. This is definitely <laughs> not an easygoing game, but it's something that you can break up pretty easily into chapters and can yeah. do over uh, the period of a couple weeks. So I think it's time to start that one. Great. And then Hitman 3, that's coming on the 20th. I cannot wait for that. Uh, Good. Uh, yeah. Um, I might have got this Scott Pilgrim game that anyone's been going about. Um, Edgar, I think, loved it. Uh, that's coming out next week, I think. Unless I'm dreaming that. Um, but that's it. That's that's it. Now, Richard, thank you so much. Richard um, had to come in last minute because James' microphone's died on him. And he came in the last minute, five minutes before we started recording. So thank you, Richard, very much. Thank you for the invite. Um, where can we find you if we want to talk to you? On Twitter, at Dobber1912. And William, where can we find you? You can find me on Twitter at DRVidGame, and you can find me posted on the Xbox, of course. Yeah. And you can find me at GBBroyle on Twitter and Twitch. But for now, gentlemen, thank you very much, and we'll see you next week on the 14th. Happy New Year! Bye-bye! Bye-bye. You've been listening to the official podcast of the xboxhub.com. You'll be able to find all the notes of this show at www.thexboxhub.com slash podcast. You can also check out our social feeds on Instagram and Twitter at the Xbox Hub and search for the Xbox Hub on Facebook.